So today I've got Tyler Trowbridge. Trowbridge. You already said it wrong. <laughs> Trowbridge. <laughs> Disrespecting me, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> On the show, and uh, we met about, what, four years ago now, probably? Yeah, probably. And uh, you were the first person to rent in our house that we owned in Brookswood there, and you you were young, had to move out at the age of 17, and you were paying rent, making money online um, already at that age, and that's what we're going to talk about today is you, your sort of history, why you had to move out at that age, what kind of happened, um, and how you made everything work, and where you've got to from that today with your business and other ventures that you've been on, so... I think it's a really good story, and if you want to give a little bit of, you know, a quick intro or background. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, well, first, I just want to say thanks for, for having me on here, bro. It's nice. <laughs> no problem. I like your setup. I, uh, I think you're going to have a lot of success with this. Um, and it's actually very motivating for me because I want to start my own podcast. But mm-hmm. uh, getting back to your question, like, my name's Tyler Trowbridge, originally from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, I moved here when I was six to Langley, BC with my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually that first year when we moved here, my mom and dad had a, had my brother. So mm-hmm. that's how that all happened. Um, but yeah, I, I moved here. I think my parents just moved here because they liked the weather. Like they, <laughs> they came out here for vacation once to see a friend and they're like, this is great. Or can I swear on this? No. Yeah, I do. Yeah, oh, yeah okay. I just don't I was, care. That was going to be hard <laughs> not to swear. I tried not to and then I realized like, how you fuck not em. swear the whole time? Yeah, <laughs> you see in the background it says "fuck the news." <laughs> That's the vibe over here. Um, but yeah, like I, I I met Shelby and Jay. I met Shelby through Jamie, uh, his brother. Um, we were. I think Jamie was looking for some sort of web development help. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's kind of how we got all started. Um, he found you in Craigslist. Found me on Craigslist for a web developer. Yeah, Craigslist. Craigslist has been awesome. I I really am a big fan of Craigslist. <laughs> I don't go Craigslist there as much. Craigslist changed your life, bro. Yeah, literally, it has definitely changed my life. So w- I started out just um, being a kid, really like a gamer nerdy kid, right? Like mm-hmm. I came here in Langley, Douglas Park Elementary. Shout out. Um, <laughs> The, uh, me and my friend Brandon would just play games. We'd play RuneScape all day. Was it like just mainly RuneScape? RuneScape and Minecraft, but RuneScape first. Um, yeah. That taught me so much about random things in life. Just like the coins, like buying and trading stuff. That just got my mindset working in a certain way. But mm-hmm. um, after RuneScape, it was just like being on computers, involved in technology, being interested in like just computers. I was on my computer all day, every day, right? Like, yeah. Don't have. I've never been a sports guy. Don't. I don't know shit about sports. I literally, <laughs> my grandma knows more about football than me. That's a fact. <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. Um, so yeah, just being always, always involved in computers and liking computers. Um, that got me into web design somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember this distinct story of me getting a haircut um i was just literally at this local barber shop i think it was called shoes shoe salon or something like that um and we were just chatting and for some reason for somehow we just ended up talking about marketing and stuff like that i was like at this time i was probably like literally 13 yeah. 14 years old and I was just, I've always been interested in business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad kind of has problems with that because he's a lot less capitalistic than me and he always thinks I'm a 
about the money, but it's uh, really just a love for passion and growing businesses because I think businesses do a lot for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like going back, like I was just at this, uh, I was at getting a haircut, buddy was talking about marketing. So I just like decided like, you know, like I, I eventually just ended up offering this to make this guy a website because I was just playing around with it at my house. Like I was just people in involved in web design will know you can make a really, really simple web designs with like, I could show you in five minutes kind of thing. It mm-hmm. would look like crap, but you, you'd technically be making a website, right? Yeah. So I ended up doing this for the wet, for the, uh, the hair cutter I was at. And that was the first website you ever made. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was sweet. Like it was all red. It was just like, it, it was terrible, but it was like, it had his logo on it, all the address. It was basically like a digital business card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, he didn't. It didn't really go anywhere. He didn't really like it. <laughs> he, it was. I liked it. It was cool. But like, it was just not, you know, fit for any business. It yeah, was, yeah. It was elementary. It was like in a little art piece. Yeah, like it was like I doodled on a freaking piece of paper, and like, <laughs> but it was a website. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that got me started. I think the dude actually would just like offered me like a free haircut. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like sweet. Oh, that's like, a wicked trade. Yeah, man. We're trading <laughs> services off off the bat. Um. So, yeah, it was cool. That that's kind of and then ever since that Craigslist has been dropping gems from the sky. <laughs> Shout out Craigslist! Like, I just posted out an ad where it was very, um, it was actually like, the ad read something like, "Hey, I'm a new, uh, new web designer. I'm young. I'm passionate. I just want to learn and get out there and get mm-hmm. some experience. Let me help you and your business get some, you know, get some experience in web design." Uh, and, and let me help grow my portfolio kind of thing yeah that, that worked so well that I, I s- there's many people who post those ads on Craigslist and stuff like that but that worked so well for me like literally non-stop since I've been age 14 like 14 to probably 17 I was just naturally getting leads mm-hmm. on Craigslist free and they were qualified like I would was making decent money in high school through this so yeah. it's actually pretty helpful um, and, and that kind of stems into this whole like life situation thing, right? Yeah. Where, like really like there, there's never been any money in my family. So mm-hmm. it's always been like, if you want something work for it, yeah, and, like yeah. you buy it yourself. Like it wasn't one of these scenarios where I'd go ask my mom to buy it and she'd say no, because she doesn't want to buy it for me. It's one of those scenarios where like, I wouldn't go ask my parents for anything because I know they, they still need to pay the bills. They don't have any money and like, we don't have any food. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, it was so obvious. Like I wouldn't go ask for a new bike. Like, yeah, they weren't saying no because they didn't want you to have it because they legitimately couldn't buy it for you. Legitimately. Yeah. And like, I mean, I mean, I think that's something that nobody, people don't experience that these days anymore. I, and it's, I mean, especially out here in, in Vancouver. Yeah you have to have money to live here. So it's most most of the people that are living in these areas, I mean, chances are they can afford to buy most of the things that they want. I mean, mainly one of them is just being able to live and, and eat yeah. out here is, is well, that in itself. Yeah, and like that it goes further into it. Like, I don't think people know how low-income housing works. Like, yeah. Um, well, let's do a little, like, let's do a little, fa- like, I guess moving out here. Yeah. So you moved out here when you were six from Calgary. Yep. What, what did your, like, what was your, like, kind of lifestyle, family, home situation, like, in Calgary, if you remember? And then mm-hmm. how did that change when you came here? 
or like was it always were you oh all this is big yeah like a very important part of uh like growing up was in calgary like my grandma raised me like okay i lived with my mom and dad but like i say my grandma raised me specifically because that's where all of my memories are mm-hmm. like actually from you know age one to six i i only have a few select memories they're all with my grandma right yeah um so i really think that was a big change did you guys all live together no like my my mom and dad lived with me we were in um just an apartment building kind of just like a crappy apartment Mm -hmm. in calgary um south calgary um and then my grandma would just i would always be with her she'd pick me up take me back from school kind of thing we'd get you know like she always take me to uh, Dairy Queen and stuff. I just remember that. It was great. Like, so that was like, and then moving away from my grandma at six, you know, we moved out to, to Langley. That was a total swap because mm-hmm. now I'm actually being raised by my parents, I feel like, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and like fully. She, she, w- she couldn't come at the moment's notice. Yeah. Or wasn't I able to. Went from seeing her every day to like every year. Right? Yeah, like yeah. She would, she would actually drive out or fly out from Calgary. So mm-hmm. it was a big difference. And that was, that was, I don't remember much from like before BC, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I, w- I was in Montessori. That was, that was one thing. My grandma actually, like I, I'm talking with my mom, like getting this history. My grandma like made sure I went into Montessori, which is like, um, I don't actually know the proper way to describe it, but it's just a different version of like preschool or kindergarten. Oh, okay. It's just thing. better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's better. It's more involved. Like, when instead of like i think in kindergarten like i don't think they're teaching you you know a lot like yeah it's it's just like a fucking daycare it's basically daycare yeah where uh, i think but um like montessori is more like we were doing like math like early we were doing like actual events it was like school Mm -hmm. so i remember that um and yeah that was a big part of like age one to six yeah once i came here you know it was grade one at douglas park yeah yeah so yeah. So I'm so then moving, you guys came out here. Then what did life look like after that when you were starting to be raised by your parents? Mm-hmm. And at that point, at this point, you didn't have your younger brother yet? He was just born. When so you moved out here. So my brother's, yeah, my brother's seven years younger than me. So he was, uh, he was born j- j- like late in the first year that we were here mm-hmm. in, in, in Langley. And, so uh, so yeah, then what did it look like growing up in BC throughout elementary, and and stuff? Um, it, shout out to my uncle, like, cause my uncle actually was what allowed this to all happen. Like, my uncle actually, like, my, my parents were like, <laughs> my parents don't really think about the things they do, so they moved out here, but they didn't have enough money to do that. Like, they just like did it. Like, yeah, yeah. They don't think. They about didn't really that. have a plan or savings no. or. And nothing. So my, my, my uncle is like the reason I'm allowed to even be here because he, he like spent like 10, 15 grand to like buy the U-Haul, move all our furniture, Mm -hmm. like put the down payment on the apartment so Mm -hmm. we could stay there. Like he's actually what made that all happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I say shout out because my, my parents never paid him back for that. Like, yeah, yeah. That was just a good move on his, on his part. So like he was just helping. Yeah. Thankful for that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that know. no, that's awesome. But yeah, he helped you guys get out here. Yeah. So like we were like we were living in a place called Park Terrace, which is it was just across the street from from my school. But like now that I'm older, people call that place Crack Terrace because <laughs> it's just like straight up like 
it's it's like ghetto, you know? Like yeah, it's yeah. like where low income people who do drugs like, you know, go mm-hmm. and live, right? So it's uh, not like, a great place. I guess at the time did you really realize what was like did you realize that you were like I, I don't really know what you even call that yeah. as like a family term, but I mean I guess sort of low income living in kind of like a weird, sketchy spot, like did you have feelings of that? Did you feel like you were kind of, you know, not as good as other people or, or things like that ever? Or did you just not really notice? It's a good question. Um, there was always just, there's always been some difference. Like, I think everybody just, uh, I don't know. I, no, I don't really know. But, <laughs> I, I mean, there's a little <laughs> it's bit kind of like, tough, it's a tough question to even think back on. But, like, I've always just felt different than other kids. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Like, yeah. always, like, no one understands how my world is completely different than your world, you know? Yeah. Like that's what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really struggle, like a big struggle growing up. Like just like school, I, I don't like, like <laughs> I, I, school is good for some people, but like for yeah. me, like it, it wasn't really a great time, you know? Like yeah. It was very like a hard struggle. Like even physically, like, I was just bigger than everybody, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was, like, 200 pounds. Like, you know, I was overweight for, like, being 15, you mm-hmm. know? So even just little things like that always stood out in school and never fit in. And I think that stems a little bit from the low income because people can kind of sense that, right? Like, my mom looks low income. She doesn't look like other people's moms. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's all weird. Like, there's always – every little thing is different, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it's all that little stuff. And I was going to say, like, you know, you're saying you were bigger back then. Like, and before when you're talking about how you couldn't, you know, like sometimes you couldn't afford food and things like that. Yeah. What did your diet look like? Because I feel like oh. for like, th- for, for, a lo- you know, when I see, you know, I watch documentaries or things and I see low income people and people complaining about food and, and stuff, they're buying the cheap garbage refined um stuff because that's what's affordable like you can buy fucking twinkies and chocolate bars and shit like that because they're pissed cheap and it fills you up so and that is uh that is that is a a terrible part of this world Mm -hmm. because that is not that that is terrible like literally that is so true and that is what is actually keeping a lot of people down Mm -hmm. and that's like what i was eating like i like you look at fat kids and you shouldn't be mad at the fat kid. Mm-hmm. You should be mad at their parents. Well, That's and, it. And sometimes for you too, it's like you didn't really have a choice and maybe neither did your parents because they didn't know. Like, no. you know, if you don't have the knowledge of what's going on with that food and if you don't have the money, what else are you supposed to do? Like, you're just trying to, to keep yeah. your family alive, right? And like, I don't know. Well, like, it's it's also like the the support services, like, I don't know if you know what the food bank is like there. No, I have no clue. There's a food bank in every city. So like a community, like you'll go to the grocery store and you'll see those boxes that are like donate food. Mm -hmm. And and those boxes all go to the food bank. And like, there's a Langley food bank, a Surrey, like a Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. They have a bunch in Vancouver. But like, so were you getting food from those? Yeah. I've been there before many times. That's where all my Christmas presents came from too. Like all like my point about the food banks is, this you would think that people would donate good food mm-hmm. and 
that's not really the case. They they donate. Actually, a lot of the things that get donated are things that are in the grocery store that are expiring and are about to go bad. Mm-hmm. And by the time they actually reach the low-income families at the food bank, all this food is expired. So, yeah. like, that's what I'm eating is, like, expired shit and, like, pizza pops and, like, soup and, yeah. like, not good stuff. Because it all has to be canned. Like, whenever you want to yeah. donate to a food bank, it has to be canned or packaged or, or whatever. So, like... Or just shitty food with full of preservatives, like fishy crackers or some shit, like fruit snacks. Yeah, it has to be something that holds time because it can't. Yeah, there's no fresh food at the food bank. Yeah, yeah, no, no no, no produce. So it's like that. uh, That keeps you down. Like even looking at my parents today, they they still are like they don't eat good food. Mm -hmm. And this is something like recently I've noticed is now I have a fucking chef. So like I. I am eating so good, and my mindset is, like, two to three times better. Yeah, yeah. I feel more energy. My brain is clearer. Mm -hmm. I have better thoughts, better motivations. And then, like, there's the whole physical side of that with bad food, too, right? Yeah. If you eat bad food, you crave bad food. Oh, yeah. And your your systems get filled up with that and actually Mm -hmm. start to crave that. Yeah. And uh, that's a loop of, of a lot of low-income people mm-hmm. is and that's why you see like these low-income fat people like I, i'm not trying to hate like yeah you know, yeah like yeah it's just yeah, you get sucks. stuck in it you don't know any better you don't have a choice like this is what you're getting it's very and, expensive and to eat healthy as well yeah so. no that's a it's a really bad um, thing that's going on but um yeah like like even uh, like the um i was saying like uh, some people don't know like uh, these food banks like a, a big thing is like the holidays for for low-income people right like m- like, like I don't know if I've ever got a real gift for my parents, like, for Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. like genuinely, like, I w- would go to the food bank with my mom, and there would be, like, this hidden room in the back, and that's where people would donate, like, gifts mm-hmm. and, like, stuff like that. And it was just, like, every Christmas you'd get to, like, go in this room, and it's just, like, it just looked like shelves on a store full of, like, you know, like a, a Nerf gun and, like, a yeah, coloring yeah. set and, like... <laughs> know like an etch-a-sketch or some shit like and you can just you know go pick your christmas gift which is it's good but like it totally diminishes the fact of like i got this for my mom and she went out and shopped for me right yeah it's not the same material yeah it's trying to help but it doesn't actually do the job you know yeah it doesn't replace like spending christmas morning with your parents and opening up the gifts that they thoughtfully went out and bought for you um and i mean even and I think people a lot of times take that stuff too for granted, right? Like, you know, you all you're thinking about is the gifts. And like for some people, it, even for your family, it probably would have been nice just to be able to ha- sit down and make a nice Christmas dinner, which might yeah. not have been possible with, with yeah. the money, right? And it's like, even without the gift, you, you, they some people can't even experience just the dinner, right? So, nope. um, yeah, I think that's... And I think this is, like, for a lot of, like, poor people out there, like, I don't think I'm, I wouldn't consider my family poor. Like, there's a lot of poor people, but, like, low-income, poor, like, whatever. There's, I I think holidays are the saddest days for those people because Mm -hmm. it's, like, there's all this expectation. Yeah. And this expectation is really marketing, and it's not real, like... You know, like, actually what I'd love to do for, for Christmas is actually just have a nice dinner with my family where gifts are not involved. And we yeah. just, you know, talk and have a civil, you know, discussion. That's really what holidays are about, mm-hmm. being with your family. But, you know, all of this material stuff builds up and builds all this pressure. And it's like, it's not real, really. So, 
That sucks. Yeah, and especially when you're younger, right? Like you're going through school and doing these things, and every other kid at school is like, "Oh yeah, I got a new dirt bike." Yeah, I got this and that. Xbox. And and check my iPhone. (laughs) Yeah, and I remember being in elementary school, and you know, the first thing you would do on Christmas Day is message all your friends and say, "Oh my God, what'd you get? What'd you get?" And all anyone talked about for two weeks is what the fuck they got for Christmas. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I think even at those young age, it's hard to just enjoy that time anyways because you're thinking about his gifts whereas now we're old enough that like no one gives a shit about presents no like and i well obviously i'm grateful now because like this christmas i'm not doing christmas what i'm gonna go do is find some way to volunteer all my time Mm -hmm. yeah other people need christmas yeah don't you know yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna be doing that'll be awesome yeah if if anyone can share places or or whatever like that uh, Mm um need help on christmas i'd love to do that i know people who go down and like make meals and stuff like that and do things like that or give meals out or whatever but yeah Yeah. there's definitely a lot of stuff like that out there that can be done yeah but i don't know what tangent we just went on (laughs) not trying to say Um, low income i i uh or anything like that yeah so that was the upbringing though yeah so i think for that like kind of how you know the going through school and you know you kind of always sort of felt different and you know, I think it's just crazy because not many people ever experienced that. Like, you, you know, like I, when I growing up, I never would have, I never thought for a second, like, shit, we can't afford to eat that tonight, whatever it was. Like mm-hmm. our dad bought whatever we wanted. Friends would come over and we'd go to the keg and he'd pay for six of our friends to eat dinner. And that was normal for yeah, us. Right. Fuck. And, uh, I mean, it's completely different, uh, realms and like, but I think there's good and both about bad. Right. Like, and I think what's really cool about your story is, that stuff it instilled certain things in you to go out and make money and have to do things for yourself at such a young age that everybody nowadays where their parents buy them whatever they want they don't have that sense of value or that drive or anything to get out there and get a life for themselves right they're just living under free shit for years so um there's a lot of uh pressure that um it just like th- there's like there it'll never go like like look like if I don't make enough money, mm-hmm. I'm probably like I would like I don't have a support system like yeah. I'm not gonna go like all I hear is these people they're like oh yeah well I sucked at budgeting this month I'm over on my credit card so I asked my dad for money mm-hmm. uh, what the fuck like what does that even mean <laughs> like are is, is okay well like why don't you just keep doing that. Yeah. You, you probably are. You yeah. Know? So, like, that's the thing. Like, I, if I don't have enough money, like, I guess I, like, you know, yeah, I don't you know. Might legitimately, like, not, yeah. I have a, that's like, you know why I don't lease a car mm-hmm. and I own my car? Sense of security. Yeah. You know, like, I could sleep in that thing and I don't have to pay anybody to own that. Like, that's yeah. some real ghetto shit that'll actually never happen. But, like, yeah. that's what runs But worst my mind. case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and like for me, I mean, I have that parents thing, right? Like for me, worst case scenario, I make no money. Okay, well, I go sleep my dad's couch. Guys got <laughs> yeah. like. You said you sent me something that like we do business together too, right? And you, I like was grabbing your credit card address and it's still your dad's address. Yeah, yeah. All my, my all my stuff is still my dad's address because um, I'm like, I don't know. Like I move around quite a bit and I'm That'd gone. be nice. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just send everything there because then it doesn't matter where I go. I always have that one place where my mail and things are attached to. Um, 
That'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even little things like that, right? Like, I, I never think about it that way where some people legitimately don't just have their parents' house that they can hook their shit up to and, and use that. Yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, even for me, I never even would have thought about that. Yeah, and like it, like, I don't know, like, it sucks. Like, dude, like, my, my parents, like, they live all at separate addresses to this date. Like, I don't even know my mom or dad's address. Like, yeah, that's, I don't know. They just move around a lot. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not even worth me saving that in my memory. Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, yeah, it's just totally different perspective. And no, like, 100%. you know, it's fine though. Cause like I, I still can, it's not like I'm different. Like I, I still can connect with people like you, like, like Lucas, my business partner is mm-hmm. definitely the complete opposite of mm-hmm. that, like financially or like family life. So yeah. like, it's a good perspective. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of, t- I guess, That's so the I guess the, the family life and growing up through elementary school, but then when you first moved out, mm-hmm. like y- how, how old were you and what's, what stemmed that? Why, when did you make that decision? Why, um, kind of around the, the yeah. moving out and going out on your own? Because well, that, I think that got back into the website stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, was there a certain situation, like, why? The real reason was because, well, there's a reason everybody moves out, which is, like, you don't want to deal with your parents anymore. And (laughs) that's obviously a reason. Mm -hmm. But the other reason, which is why it happened so early, is because through this web design freelancing I was doing, I was bringing in more income than my whole family mm-hmm. in my room, in my closet. Yeah. So it's it's this odd perspective um, of like, I, I've got some self-confidence now because I'm out there selling. I'm out there having meetings with mm-hmm. clients. I'm literally like, I would, I lived really close to uh, um, a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So I would schedule all my client meetings at Starbucks and walk from my house two minutes, go mm-hmm. have like a super sick meeting with a guy. And they're, they're <laughs> like, pumped because you're literally i was literally 14 and they're like i'm like yeah like i'll do all this shit for basically free Mm -hmm. and there's no risk on your end so i was making like i'd say well there's even like it even goes back further like from this like even before web design i was i was i ran like a a runescape bot farm which so that's like botting like cheating on a game right Mm -hmm. man i throughout throughout high school that thing was paying me like probably 1500 bucks a month just yeah literally passive and which that's is awesome yeah and that's a lot for someone in high school 14 <laughs> I mean, making passive income 1500 a month that was sick right? yeah and then at the same time but i couldn't flex on anybody i can't do anything because like dude my dad makes 2000 a month mm-hmm. so yeah. that's really weird yeah yeah um but yeah that's what stemmed the moving out is like i had had maybe like five grand in savings i had stable income um it was risky but uh yeah and then like it was the timing i so one of those clients i was meeting with this is like literally the story like i was scheduling craigslist meetings at the local starbucks that's what i was doing every day there was a guy who who did cabinet beds, which are like kind of like Murphy beds. There was a guy who and did. Uh, you were still in school at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still in high school, so you would go what go to school and then do these meetings after school. Yeah, and a lot on weekends. Oh, okay, weekends are good. Um, yeah, like and that so like one of these people I met with was Jamie and your brother, and like we literally. We had just, I, I don't know, I think we'd hit it off through email just being entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, like, I didn't really, wasn't 
aware of how that word is or what it meant. Yeah. I was just doing my own thing, but like it's cool to connect with someone else doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. So going there and meeting with Jamie at Starbucks, like we had just had like three, four hour conversations, you know, back to back. And mm-hmm. then it was, let's do this again. And, and we we're just making good friends out of that. So that was like Craigslist dropping another, you know, angel out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like that's awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, so it started with that freelancing, just making websites, WordPress for people in the industry, like WordPress websites, doing mock-ups, logo development, uh, anything I would get my hands on. One of mm-hmm. the coolest experiences I had was I was like younger and the the Murphy bed guy, he took me on a day trip to just, I just fall, I just was sitting in his passenger seat the whole day. Yeah. And I was just, he was just like going around doing his business, doing his rounds. He had his little office. I'd like chilled out with him, printed some papers. We just did his whole work day with him. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like fumbled the relationship like a couple years later and he doesn't talk to me anymore. He won't <laughs> talk to me, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, things happen. But yeah, it was just cool doing that. Um, so that was that was the reason why I moved out was just because it got so awkward with my parents mm-hmm. and then the timing of Jamie buying you know buying a house you guys buying a house so mm-hmm. I was like this is the perfect jump this yeah. is I don't think there's gonna no- be another jump like this so like yeah why not do that jump and then the rent at your place was cheap I was like yeah because you were just doing a room so it was pretty affordable yeah yeah so and that was fun and and, and that s- was in the last year of high school so you were in grade twelve. Yeah, and you moved out like because seventeen because you, you couldn't drive at that point. Like, how were you getting to school? You were busing. <laughs> yeah, it? like I can't remember. It was um, it was like the because like high school was just about to end. There was only two weeks left in like the final year mm-hmm. of uh, and me and Justice moved in together at mm-hmm. your, your guys's place. Um, and there was only two weeks left, so I just did two weeks on the bus. Oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. but um. Uh, yeah, there was even a short term after that where I went to University of Fraser Valley, but like I said, school is just not for me. Yeah, yeah. It's just not for me. Well, because I remember you guys doing that RuneScape botting still in our oh, in our yeah. house a little bit. You would run them at n- night, or I don't even know if it was all the time, but because we had yeah. the hu- the biggest TELUS plan for for like home <laughs> internet, and it was 500 gigs. Of data. Yeah. I mean, I just assumed they had some sort of unlimited plan for houses. Like, I, I didn't know. That was our first time ever having to pay our own bills and stuff. So, yeah. um, I remember getting the thing in the mail, and we would go over the 500 gigs every month. Like, yeah, there was like five or six of us living in there. But, like, holy shit. I was like, man, really? Like, 500 yeah. gigs? And, like, the charge wasn't that much. I mean, we'd be an extra, like, 30 bucks a month or something because we'd be going like 200 over but it was crazy because i remember yeah you guys are running those things all the time yeah the runescape bots are cool man like (laughs) they i wish i could somehow still do that but it just is not enough time yeah (laughs) i'd probably break the game by now but uh, (laughs) yeah like we were just like literally had eight accounts like in runescape you have you know a a player where you level up your Mm -hmm. player right you try to get everything to 99 and all your skills to 99 well like most people just like it's a very intensive game which actually i think runescape was a big part of like my work ethic like Mm -hmm. did runescape to get a 99 in runescape that might make that might take you three months of gameplay like not like playing a couple hours every day like literally 24 hours times three months yeah yeah. to get that one skill 99 yeah and that shit like it's not fun playing the game like you're literally clicking on a tree cutting it down 
for yeah. three months straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so, like, the game was cool in terms of, like, leveling up and trying to build up your character, which is, like, what I kind of want to do in life now, right? Mm-hmm. Like build my character. I think a lot of people have that mindset. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, RuneScape was... A, I, I'd, I wish it was more prevalent still. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, just leveling up and, like, trying to... Yeah, like, uh, so with the room, RuneScape bots, like, leveling up my character got old for me, mm-hmm. and I met this person online who was who already had a bot farm, and he just kind of, like, showed me his way. I don't know why. I think it was just because we were, like, friends yeah, know, yeah. in the game. Yeah. But he just showed me what he was doing. So eventually, I was able to outbuy, like, I had money from the web, web design stuff, mm-hmm. so I was able to outbuy the hardware. Like, I was buy, able to buy more computers than this. Oh, so, so you were reinvesting the money <laughs> yeah. from the web developing into the RuneScape yeah. bot farming. And the RuneScape bot farming was passive. It would work itself. So I was making passive income and then doing the web design for actual like fun basically mm-hmm. which was still general which is that's always been a blessing is everything i've always done has just been fun for me but mm-hmm. it's made money on the side which i think like is a huge blessing yeah yeah so um yeah yeah, yeah that I was mean. the runescape bots and those were those were basically eight accounts <laughs> it was awesome we were farming lizards um <laughs> literally I controlled the RuneScape market for lizards at one point, which was sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would drop my, like, thousand, like, I'd harvest, like, a week's worth of lizards in the game. I'd drop them all on the market. Literally, the price would crash. Yeah. It, it was sweet. And then I'd, like, wait and bring them back up. And I was like, I could either, I had two choices. I could either ball out in the game and use all of this money I just generated to ball out or mm-hmm. just trade it for real world, like, real cash. Yeah, and yeah, it was, yeah, It was 52 cents per million coins. So you'd get fifty-two U.S. dollar U.S. cents, yeah, for a million game coins. Man, I was generating like sixteen million coins an hour, so like <laughs> it was good. Like it was freaking awesome all night, twenty-four hours a day. My parents probably hated the electricity bill. But yeah, you're making eight bucks an hour U.S. to do nothing. To do nothing. This like my 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 flow was every four hours they needed to be reset, so it wasn't mm-hmm. fully passive. Like yeah, every yeah. four hours. So. I, w- I just broke my day up into four hours. I Like, at 4 a.m., I'd like it would be, like, midnight, set them all up, go to bed. 4 a.m., wake up really quick in my boxers, reset them all while everybody's sleeping. Yeah. And then just do it again. Yeah, yeah. Cash out every week. You know, it was awesome. So, yeah. yeah I mean, enabled you to do... I mean, that's a pretty cool start to be able to make that money in... Yeah high school and be able to afford to move out from runescape and web design off craigslist yeah and then kind of take it from there and yeah i mean so i guess after moving out and then you were doing the web design stuff what did you what were you doing after that it's always just been web web design yeah i guess you just went through a few different kind of phases with it there's so much to learn like and not just in web design like uh, i'm really like I feel like I'm a, a coined this term from a. There's a guy named Sam Ovens. Mm-hmm. He's like a consulting.com is his thing, um, but he he has a term called full stack person, and it's uh it's just where you have enjoyment in learning about different things, mm-hmm. and and what really gets you going is 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 learning new things and getting good in all those things, and then leveraging all those skills together, um, creating a full stack person. So like being good in all the different realms, not just 
I'm a web developer or I'm a podcaster or I'm yeah. a welder, you know, like being a full stack guy, like that's what you want. That's mm-hmm. what everyone wants in like the marketing world, even in like, like, I don't know if you were fixing a car, you wouldn't just want a guy who can do the brakes. You want a yeah. guy who can do everything. Right. Exactly. So it's like becoming a full stack person is what is, is mm-hmm. being interesting. And, and that takes a lot of learning. Like, dude, I've just like been learning and working for like, mm-hmm ever that's all i do so and it's fun that's why i can do it forever is because it's fun yeah i mean working i pretty much saw you guys go through the realms with a lot of different stuff like you got jamie you jamie started star spark yeah you're doing that web design stuff and then that fell through and yeah that's where the jamie thing eventually let out like me and your brother like eventually just wanted to combine forces because he was uh, jamie's very entrepreneurial as well Mm -hmm. and it's like we just ended up he he was going to be the business backbone to my technical side mm-hmm. and we were going to form a, an agency basically yeah um it just didn't work out of interest i think like there's yeah. just jamie wasn't fully into it and then like there's just too much going on and yeah. it kind of fell over but it was it was a really good experience yeah exactly but no that's awesome it's always been like i i've thought about th- i've thought about this recently like what motivates me and it's growth like it's growth in terms of life and and maybe that's cliche but like (laughs) like it's literally like growth in life and then helping businesses grow like if if i can have my business grow by helping other businesses grow like dude that's 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 all there is like i hate these businesses that just make money on on burning other businesses yeah 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 you really want to add some value exactly yeah yeah that's awesome yeah i mean it's we've just been doing freelance stuff forever like just working for yourself which is what i would say like is great because Mm -hmm. there's so many blessings to that right in so many different ways and you know these benefits too like you live a pretty sweet life (laughs) (laughs) yeah and some you know you forget and i forget a lot where i'm like fuck like what the hell am i doing blah blah and i'm looking around everyone's like man you're living it and i'm like i am you know at the end of the day like that this was the dream. I mean, back in the day when you start a business and the reason I think we all start our own thing is because you want to be able to do what you want. Like you're working for it and you do what you want every day. When I would work for other people, it's just the little shit that you forget about. Like you work at another job when the buzzer goes off at 12, you have to take lunch. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not fucking hungry right now. Or maybe I'm really into what I'm working on and I don't want to take that break. I want to keep going. I'm productive Mm -hmm. with it and then i forget about all that shit now where i'm like man if i had to go back to a normal job Mm -hmm. i don't know what the hell i would do like i don't think it it would it would work and i mean like i don't have a problem getting up early or any of that stuff it's not like i'm sitting around sleeping all day but Mm -hmm. it's just the little shit that like i mean but that's a blessing from what you have already because you look at these people that go to work and like not being specific about anybody like yeah yeah, you know but like these people like say they have to get to work at 8 a.m and and leave at 5 p.m like their day is entirely focused around that one thing Mm -hmm. whereas like our mindset every single day when me or you wake up it's like let's pack this shit full of shit i like (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah. i have a day planner i just literally write all the shit i want to do in it and that's awesome and then like yes like i do have stop working really hard at 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. on my day planner, I have to remind myself yeah. to stop working, which someone would be like, oh, yeah, you know, you could just, like, go get a job and, and be done work at 5 p.m. and, like, yeah. live your life. But it's like, no, that's actu- it's actually a, 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 a 
benefit yeah. of being able to work that late and, and, and being enjoy like enjoy it. Like, oh, yeah. Whereas these people, they go to work at 8, they leave at 5. But, like, they can't even do that. They'll show up at 8.30, so mm-hmm. they leave at 5.30, and their one thing, they literally screwed up the one thing <laughs> they had to do for the day. It's like, come on. And, and, and that's so limiting in so many other ways. Like Yeah, I think, like, even, f- you know, now it's like, you know, okay, maybe I'm going to wake up this morning, go mountain biking for two hours and start yeah. work at 10, and then I'm going to work till 7, 8 p.m., or, you know, then I take a break at 3, and I'm going to meet someone for lunch, and then you know, or a friend's in town and wants to grab coffee. It's like all these things that you just can't do with a, with a regular job. Yeah. And it just like, I don't know, like the job, like jobs are really just so limiting. I think about all the stuff that I do in a day now that I'm able to do. And it's, it's insane. Like I could, if I had to work for eight hours, I would never be able to get as much. The thing is like, I work really hard, but Mm -hmm. I don't work eight hours in a single like, Go, go, yeah, no. yeah. Like, I'm actually like, like honestly, I've you'll ask the staff at the office. Like, I eat freaking lunch at like nine thirty. Like, <laughs> I I'll, and in my lunch because like I have it prepared. Like, what I get is every day one chicken breast, rice, and broccoli. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's prepared for me, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. But I eat that at nine thirty a.m., which is kind of weird for some people. But yeah. like. That's how I work best. Like, yeah, yeah. if I'm hungry, whatever. I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm not going to wait to 12 because some thing that s- my previous self said, like, yeah, no, lunch is at 12. Like, you can eat whenever you want. Yeah, I can eat when I want. I'll work when I want. And that's just like the 1% of the start of the luxuries of just like working for yourself, which is very like. That's what I like. I, I look like honestly getting into like anxiety side of things. That is a giant stem of anxiety because like I look around and every single person who went to school with me or was a friend or like mm-hmm. just like same age group, man, like it's so different. Like I, I, I don't relate to those people. Like, yeah. This yeah. is completely different. Like, mm-hmm. man, these people, they don't i don't even want to get into it i don't want to be negative <laughs> so you know? so are you saying that you get anxiety from what you're doing or that they have anxiety i get anxiety from what life what people think life should be <laughs> <laughs> like really like yeah. i step out in the world and i'm like if anyone fucks with me i'm gonna be mad because like honestly don't fuck with me because like i'd rather be in my own bubble yeah. Because that whole outside world, the whole like everything, just the norm of today, mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. Like that's what it is. It's like, it, it's not fun for like, I don't know. I Maybe I'm wrong, but like the majority of people, I think like I look around my friends, they're working really shitty jobs. They're getting mm-hmm. underpaid. There's no future. They're actually not like doing well in like, the whole other part of life, which is your life. Like yeah, it's yeah. not work, you know, and, and they're not doing anything in that regard. And that, that, that like looking at the other side is where the anxiety gives is like comes from. Like, I don't want, I get anxious when I, when I feel myself getting closer to the other side and like my real life slipping away. Like if you're thinking of like failure or, mm-hmm. um, you know, fear w- when you're living in fear of, being you know having to live a life like that instead of what you are yeah and i think um i mean the anxiety thing well i guess the the life thing where you 
talk about um what the hell are you saying well if i just t- get like anxiety from every, every oh, oh source sorry around me so, like yeah because what the other people are doing so for you i mean that's what i liked is that your whole story growing up you had that drive instilled in you to do these things to be better to build this stuff for yourself because you never had these things handed to you and those other people that you're talking about that you know when you think about living like that they're however yeah. they're living it's because they just don't i don't know they just follow suit with everybody else their life parents had a normal job in a, f- in a flow like it's easier mm-hmm. to flow through life and like i'm honestly blessed with being very self-aware people have told me that but like I, I, I think that can be grown in people like I'm very like a part of being self-aware is realizing how unaware of many self things aware you yeah, probably don't yeah. even know you're not aware of. Yeah. Right? Like so like it, it sucks that like mm-hmm. you, a lot of people are unaware, but you could actually you can work on your awareness mm-hmm. of yourself I- and start to like put check marks when things are right. Mm-hmm. And you think of those things and they're right, like reinforce it. Right. Yeah. Um. But, like, I look around on those people, and they're unfortunately not self-aware because no one's going to be nice enough to, like, criticize them. Like, it's really nice to criticize people and be like, look, like, dude, like, I just think if you changed your shirt, you'd look better. You yeah. Know? Like, just criticize people because that's going to help them out. Yeah, I think just most people aren't really open-minded to it or they're not strong enough to take it as criticism without, like, feeling really shameful about it or something because mm-hmm. you're trying to give people... I mean, a lot of times people just don't want the advice, so they don't know what to do with it. Because you might say, you know, because uh, they suck about account, they suck at accountability. That's what I think. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it's just taking. I don't know. I mean, it's tough to think about what the what everybody wants or is, do- it, or yeah. is doing. It's like, I, I don't, don't want to come across pushy in that sort of way. Like, obviously, my life is obviously not what people would want in, in mm-hmm. some certain scenarios, right? But yeah. I guess what I'm getting to is like. Um, just the way everybody's living is, I don't think it's correct. Like I genuinely think the way things are sloping is, is that gives me anxiety. I have a buddy who just like long relationship and it just, now he's sloping negative and it's Mm -hmm. like, man, like he lost his long relationship, just fell apart, Mm -hmm. whatever. But like now he's sloping downwards and like that is the worst like that even gives me anxiety because i'm like man i want to help him out right? <laughs> like it sucks and so i don't know well because um, i think what happens is i mean i just there's people don't know what makes them happy like mm-hmm. whether it be a job or like you're explaining with the relationship so many people are tied into these relationships that they're like the other person is what's making them happy they're not really like because, yeah, it's tough. Okay, you had a relationship. It didn't work out. Like, obviously, that's sad. But people will go through those things for so long, and then they'll come out. And they were never happy, really, by themselves before. They, they didn't really yeah. have a meaning or purpose to themselves. They were just, that person was, like, their meaning, which can be fine. But I think you definitely need both, because yeah. when that ends, then what? And, like, same with jobs. People will just People just flow through life with no meaning or no purpose or no, like, it's the easiest way to do There's it. There's nothing, but but it's so, I don't know, it's just not really living. If you're just going to work a job and piss around and laze around and not really, I don't know. I mean, I just think it's a really easy funnel to get stuck in, and that's what most people are. Like, you, no one talks about that. You go to school, and everyone thinks, well, what do you want to be for the rest of your life? And, like, you don't even know. It's just, like, you, all you think about is going to school and then what you're going to be after, and then that's it. Well, and it's stressful. Like, I, I know, like, 
I, I think you've dealt with this stress. I think uh, like the same person, the relationship person, like they deal with that as well. You know, like there's all this in my brother, my brother's younger, seven years younger than me. He's 14. Like he deals with, or he's 15, sorry. But uh, he deals with like, just the, I ask him what he wants to be. And there's that total, that pressure, like, oh yeah, like I want to play uh, rugby or football professionally. Mm-hmm. Well, like step back, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, step back just a little bit and see, try other things out. Like mm-hmm. just, play around with it like there's all this focus on like you have to be this thing like Mm -hmm. why don't you actually just find out yeah i think it's it's hard to say from a perspective of awareness right like because these people aren't in this mindset well i also watched i watched this documentary recently called in search of greatness and it's about all the best sports players there was like wayne gradsky some football guy the baseball there's a bunch of these people and what they talked about like even wayne gradsky he said that he's like, man, I didn't just play hockey. It's like, I didn't know that I was, I didn't want to be a professional hockey player. That wasn't really my goal. He's like, when the hockey season was over threw my bag in the closet, I played baseball all summer. He's like, I wasn't like training hockey 24 seven since I was nine. I just, and being able to play these other sports, he's like, it brought creativeness back to hockey. It wasn't just like funneled on hockey. Mm. I was learning everything and bringing all these other things I was doing back to hockey. And I built, He's like, the reason I was really good is because I played a creative game and played different than everybody who was only playing hockey. So that's a good point. And the football player was the same thing. He's like, man, I didn't even start playing football till I was 18. Mm-hmm. He did all these other things and then started playing football. Oh, man, I really like this. And then it clicked. It's not like he just did that one thing that he liked. So I really think getting out there and trying new things is huge. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to do that. And like, I think that's a really tough thing for people to do. You get, it, it's just, there's too much societal pressure. Like it's n- it's nerve wracking. From, from literally grade one, they're like, "What are you going to be? A doctor? Yeah, an astronaut? Like, what are you going to do? Firefighter?" And, and nobody like, um, really encourages you to jump around. Like no. when I was when I was growing up and going through jobs, like my dad would get so mad at me when I would quit a job. He's like, "Man, mm. like you should have worked there for four years and like got your what the fuck's red seal ticket yeah. and all this shit." He's like, "Cause then then if something doesn't work out in the future, at least you can fall back on that." And like. I never believed in falling back on it. I yep. was like, man, what, you think I'm going to waste four y- Like Backup plans are um, because that, bullshit. Like, yeah, that was four <laughs> years ago. And, like, if I think about it, if I would have taken that advice and built that a- and did that for four years, I built, like, my business now in the same time. Yeah. And now I'm doing whatever I want to do, making money. Yeah, this money. guy's basically retired. Or <laughs> <laughs> he just chills here, eats food all day, and records podcasts like a fucking living the dream. <laughs> yeah, well, it, I mean, it's not it, that good. <laughs> it, no, it's it's good, it's yeah. good. But I mean, it's again, there's always room to grow. I mean, I mm-hmm. I played this comfort out for a little bit too long, and now I'm doing this, which is out of my comfort zone and trying new things again, and yeah. and that. But yeah, if I never would have taken that chance to try these new things, I'd still be sitting there doing the same shit. So yeah. I think it really comes down to like taking action on new things and doing what's uncomfortable, right? Some of the best advice I've ever been told is, uh, or not told, but I like was listening to something and um, probably a podcast, but uh, mm. it's uh, do what you don't like. Yeah. Do that first. Take jobs like what is literally your worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. And that will, c- I've never had to do that, which is nice, but I mean, I've done that in other weird ways. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but like do your worst nightmare and you'll, you'll sort of like, you'll leave in a week. But mm-hmm. in that week, you're going to have like literally a, 
uh, an epiphany of what you do like. Yeah. You know? And that's so. the other thing, too. When you're trying new things, you may not find what it is that you crazy like, but you're going to find what you don't like. So at least you know, okay, I don't like that. I'm not yeah. going to do that anymore. Keep Start trying chopping stuff. things off the list. Yeah. I mean, it's because I just find people will sit around for too long trying to, like, just wait for that light bulb to go off. Like, this is it. This is going to be my life. But mm-hmm. you're never going to know without going out there and taking action. It's just impossible. Yeah, no, it won't happen. And that's, like, what every single person who's not um, – self-actualized is, is mm-hmm. doing pretty much you yeah know? like they're that's what gives me anxiety mm-hmm. because if i went like everywhere i look like my mom my dad my friends my uh some some of my family um pe- people i know like mm-hmm. business owners just honestly mostly people I- who've gone to school with me like they're not self-actualized and Mm -hmm. like that goes back to maslow like you need to like one have shelter of course and all those things Mm -hmm. but like it's like you you need to actually be self-actualizing yourself and and finding what is driving you and like through craigslist and through helping businesses i was be able to uh, able to do that like and those things always change too right like Mm -hmm. i mean for me what drove me four years ago is completely different now like that's the reason that i'm sitting here in front of these with you instead of building big trucks and fancy cars and stuff, right? That's something that I really cared about. And then shit happens in life and you experience new things and you care about different things. Like, and it just changes. Like, I I think the idea of, of having like a 50 year career until retirement in the same industry or job is just insane. Like, I I don't believe for a second that what I starting a job when I'm 20 until I'm 65 and retiring that I would enjoy that the entire time. Yeah, no, I think those people um, settled. Yeah. Yeah, like they gave, and that it's hard, it's easy to like settle because things can be good, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if you were like 40 and had like family and like mm-hmm. you just had a nice house, like settling doesn't sound so bad, right? No. But it's knowing what you want to settle on to. Yeah, yeah. Is the important part, which, you know, most people's like dreams are very not thought out, mm-hmm. um, like, even like or just asking people they're not they're like they don't actually like there's a concept of reverse engineering and they don't know that concept first of all but like second of all like they they don't start um imagining what it could be Mm -hmm. and then working towards that they just like oh yeah i'm gonna be rich yeah or like oh yeah i'm gonna have a family like yeah, there's not much context behind it. We'll think it out. Like, how many kids are you going to have? Are you going to have, like, a, a, an ice house? Is it going to be brown? Or, like, what's the stucco going to look like straight up? Like, like all of these like things. Like, really envision it. Envision it. And then, like, you can actually work towards it. Mm-hmm. I think that is not what people do. No. And, I mean, I think most people just have general goals as well. Where, like, I mean, everyone that I talk to wants to, the, the two basic things are get a good job and buy a house. And... <laughs> For me, I'm really happy I got to experience those things at the age that I did. Yeah. Um, you know, not a lot of people, especially in Vancouver, are buying homes in their early 20s. Yeah. And wh- how old were you? 23 or 4, I think. 22, maybe. I can't okay. remember. I think 23 kind of deal. And, I mean, I, like, we got, I wouldn't, I mean, like, luckily our dad could help us. He lent yeah. us $200,000 to buy the house. I but he only did that because he saw how hard we were working with our businesses and doing these things. Like we were obviously capable of handling that. So we did. And I mean, it was cool, but you know, I, 
I wouldn't like, I'm just really, ha- I wouldn't want to set that as my 40 year plan, you know, no. because it didn't make me any happier. I thought like people would think differently of me. Like, Oh my God, he bought a house. Like he's so cool or all that kind of shit. And then I got the house and I, you know, you're just living in it and you're fixing it and it's fine. And like, obviously we did well on it investment wise, but I mean, I would do it again for an investment if I mm-hmm. thought we would get the same return, but I don't see that in the near future. So I've, you know, everyone keeps asking me now, like, Oh, when are you going to buy another house? I'm like, Honestly, Once don't care. Crashes, yeah. yeah, like it doesn't make me any happier having one. Like I'm to- like, it's just the kind of life that you want to live, right? I have friends now who are my age, 26, and they're buying houses. And they're coming to me and saying, man, like you're out doing all these things and stuff. Like I, I want to do that. I'm like, well, sell your fucking house. Why yeah. you spent, you're 25. Why are you spending every weekend cutting your lawn and like building a new fence? Like, I mean, if you like doing that, that's fine. But if you don't, like, clearly you're expressing that you want to go out and be adventurous and do these things, then buy a house in 10 years and go see the world. Like, why? Well, that's, like, the perspective of not looking at your consequences, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, like most people just look at the first consequence. And, like, this is another theory I've stole from Sam Ovens, Mm -hmm. but it's just, like, look, like, you buying that house yes like the first consequence you own a house so like there's all those things off your shoulder but then all of the second third fourth consequences the next levels of down are like now you're fixing your fucking fence now you're <laughs> like literally like i i can like all these things your guys's house specifically had problems with like plumbing and drainage yeah. issues in the front and that probably caused you a ton of stress and yeah like, yeah even looking back at all of those con like all of the other consequences like there's so many things like we can go back and like even like there's so many things mm-hmm. that came in consequence of that house for you and even mm-hmm. like me but um, looking at those consequences are not what people do. They just look at the first one. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like for us, it was like, man, it was just constant reinvestment into the house, fixing it, all that stuff is like, I realized really quick, well, I, I don't give a shit about owning a house anymore. I was like, this is fucking out of control. I'm spending all my time on this. And then I think too, selling it, like most people are so scared to sell because they're scared about buying again. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, well, I have a house. So, you know, if I sell it, what if I don't get another house? cares yeah. like literally just buy a house anytime you want to buy yeah it's, house. It's, uh, it's i don't know the world is is gonna move to renting anyway so i think that's part of how things will change um yeah i mean uh, and it's kind of like a lot of time for even like i don't know not anymore but when i first sold and i was renting at the beginning i didn't care because i was just renting and people were like oh you're gonna buy again I'm like oh, i'm just watching the market and seeing and i mean i didn't really have any intentions but you know if you tell people you're not gonna buy again they think you're crazy mm-hmm. and I wouldn't really talk about it that much. I'd be like, well, I don't know. And then now, because I've been renting for over a year now, I'm kind of like, people like, oh, well, when are you going to buy again? I'm like, you know, I'm not going to fucking buy. It's like, I don't mm-hmm. even care. Like, I'm just, I'm happy renting. There's nothing wrong with it. Whereas, like, people kind of look down on it. Like, you know, like, like oh, do you own a house? Like, no, I'm renting. Well, like, that's not like that baby boomer kind of parent yeah. mindset where they're like, go have a education and a house and mm-hmm. kids. Like, yeah, yeah like, you could, there's multiple ways to do yeah, that, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't come down to paying the bank back, you know? No, like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I think looking at you now, like, it 
we probably both agree like that was probably a time in your life when you were less happy like mm-hmm. i can even just see it like, yeah you yeah. look actually like i feel like you look <laughs> younger now you know what i mean like i yeah. remember like yeah you were just like stressed and pissed off mm-hmm. like, so yeah all the time I, it's especially when there's kids on your deck like smoking weed <laughs> all day right and like just gross like you're more clean than other mm-hmm. people like there's so many parts of house ownership like i don't yeah. know but like i rent i'm technically a landlord right now and it's like <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah. these freaking people are just gross yeah roommates you're gross <laughs> you're so gross like man jeez like i couldn't even imagine there's so many things that come along with like owning a house mm-hmm. so I, I especially I, when you're gonna rent it out again which is what we yeah. were doing i mean and that's the only way you can yeah so it's different if you're gonna buy like a big house and live in it by yourself and that's it yeah. but I think those people are already rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they already have it figured out, right? That's not me yet. So, yeah. But, I, yeah. I mean, just stemming back to all these things, like, I just feel blessed, honestly. Like, really mm-hmm. happy. Like, I went on a vacation. Not really a vacation, but went back to Calgary. Um, I guess it was two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just saw, like, my cousins, aunts, uncles, all those. All the family, like, Nana, Pa. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just very, um, I was explaining my business, my life, like how things are going, how I personally feel. And like that is very reinforcing. Like I left Calgary just feeling super motivated. Like, mm-hmm. let's go get this. Like, yeah, let's yeah. do this. And like that is very motivating. And, and that's just one of those other blessings of like uh, working for yourself. But I don't think it's actually working for yourself, which is like most people like s- connect all these things to like, working for yourself or being a small business owner, mm-hmm. I think, like, more people need to get I- interested in self-improvement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... This you, whole mindset of, like... You can't, You need that to build a business. I mean, that's kind of what it's based off of, is you're wanting to make yourself better and everything else. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it all goes hand in hand. Like, for me, my I never took care of myself. When I first started my business, I worked harder and thought, you know, work for, you know, work all day long, sleep four hours, get up at five. I'm yeah. that super cool business owner, and that only lasts so long. That's what the the media puts out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's what people that's think it's like, I guess. Yeah, I mean that's know. a lifestyle. You know, a lot of people are trying to sell, I guess, in some of their courses and things like that. I don't yeah. know, but um, it looks nice. It trust like I think we could both say it's it it's fake. it's fake like the real the real you know like it's not working these four hour work weeks like you Mm -hmm. might be working a four hour week work week in like a temporary span like maybe say over eight months like oh yeah we've done really great and now i can just spend four hours a day on it Mm -hmm. well that doesn't last like that no it doesn't last for anybody because like i don't care if you have a hundred billion dollars like that those over those eight months like that hundred billion dollar guy like he's Mm -hmm. gonna spend that just yeah. as equally over all of those days. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't last for anybody. And mm-hmm. like the real problem is those th- courses and those programs and all the bullshit online is so easy to sell because yeah. everybody wants something else. Like nobody likes, like I think the general trend is everybody's sad right now. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like literally like maybe this is where I've put my like scope of like what I'm viewing, but like, it seems like there's a lot of depression, like mm-hmm. anxiety, like not self-confidence, like, like just general, like uneasiness with where the world's going. I think mm-hmm. I see that in everyone who's not, you know, self-actualized around me. And like, I think, 
that sad. And I think that makes it easy to sell easy, really easy to sell this lifestyle mm-hmm. when like the actual lifestyle is completely different and yeah. like, like literally completely different. So I think it's also like for me, I don't um, like that, that lifestyle when you're in it and living it, you don't, I, I didn't notice. Like I wasn't um, really aware of how good it was, right? I was I was constantly in that mindset of like I'll be happy when this happens and when that mm-hmm. happens, and like yeah, I was running my own business, I was doing what I wanted, but it doesn't mean I was happy with it. I was like fuck, like that's why I was working so much because I was like, okay, like gotta do this, gotta do that, just one more of this, one more of that, and then that goes on for four years, and then like finally now it takes that self-improvement and working on yourself to be happy with where you are, no matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're working a normal job or you're a hundred billion dollar guy. If you're not doing that self work to appreciate everything you have, then it's not really worth it. In my opinion, at the end, because you're not enjoying it, you're not even happy with it, but people, other people will see you doing it and they think you're happy or they think it's the life they want, but they don't even know how you feel doing it. Totally. Like, so. totally. Um, when it like really like what it comes down to is like, I think the, the actual, if there were to be a program to sell, if there were to be like a thing, like it would actually be more related to stepping out of your comfort zone. Like mm-hmm. it would be like, it would be like st- start a podcast or something like that. Like it would yeah. be like those sort of things like where it's like, and I've had trouble with the like, people say get out of your comfort zone and Mm -hmm. like my brain is like yeah but i don't like skydiving like i'm not like i gotta go man no we're going (laughs) no yeah (laughs) maybe one day you guys can like get me really fucked up and then just push me off the plane yeah but it's crazy because it's like you go up and you jump out of the plane and you're like it's sort of a near death and you come down and then like when you're standing on Mm -hmm. the ground it feels so much different when you're standing on the earth again right i bet because you're like up there and you're like holy shit and then it's like you you feel so much more comfortable and confident being on the ground after you were just in the Fair plane. Enough. It's crazy. So yeah. you got to do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's going to be a hard one to get me to do. Like, see, that's the thing. Like I'm not like this crazy person where I'm like, do anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, oh man, I'm really scared of heights. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wouldn't even want to jump off of freaking anything. So, mm-hmm. but when I think of like when people like it, it goes back to the like you need to be an astronaut when you grow up. It's like no, like really, you could just be like a guy who makes videos mm-hmm. or like a guy who like calls people on the phone. Like yeah, there's yeah. so many jobs. Like, um, the thing is like stepping out of your comfort zone. Like it doesn't have to be a, like a giant leap out of a freaking airplane. It literally just needs to be like maybe you're thinking in a different way for a whole week or like maybe you're not drinking pop yeah, for a whole week. I think it's just constant steps in that direction. Little like, steps. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, well, like continuous action towards new things that are like, you know, maybe a little bit uncomfortable, but just trying new stuff all the time and staying open-minded about things and mm-hmm. learning and taking, you know, not always thinking you're right. And that's something that I struggle with for a long, you know, I, s- I think everybody does. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you always kind of believe, what you think is right is right. Or like, why else would you believe that? Yeah. But it's being able to, you know, listen to what other people have to say and take into account like, okay, you know what, what they said there is good. I don't really believe that, but that's fine. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But being able to take in information from everybody else and, and learn and yeah, just keep moving. Yeah. Well, no, that's been one of the hardest parts about running a small business mm-hmm. is um, 
like obviously you started the thing so it's you think you're right like you, yeah like all these way like you've got enforced the way you've been doing things mm-hmm. so that it keeps going the same way but at the same time like this is a real scenario that just happened in our business mm-hmm. one of our employees drafted a blog post mm-hmm. so she wrote 700 words in a blog post mm-hmm. um it was about uh lawn care mm-hmm and then I read through that same blog post and I was like, this is shit. This is crap. It's all wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't like how it reads. Yeah. I don't like how it looks. We need more content. It's not depthful enough. Yeah. So what do I do? I go through and rewrite it because I'm obviously right, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? So then I, I pass it off to the web developer to take this written piece of text and put it on the internet as mm-hmm. a blog post. You know what he does? The first thing he looks at it after I rewrite it, he says, who the hell wrote this? It looks like shit. <laughs> and then he rewrites it. Yeah. And you know what? I th- so now that blog post, like I let, I just let him rewrite it. I trust his uh, whatever. I trust him, right? Yeah. He can rewrite it. He's good at English. It got posted on the internet. But what I learned there is you could keep passing that blog post through an endless amount of people. Every single person's going to change it. Yeah, yeah. And it's never going to be perfect. And it's ne- there's never going to be the best one. Mm-hmm. And it's I, I'm not going to be the right person. And it's not going to be right. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's no right and there's no perfect. And, like, I needed to accept that as, the as like, the operator of the business, right? Like, you know, like, maybe I don't like how it's written. But, you know, it doesn't matter if I like it. It yeah. just doesn't matter if I like it. it it's okay. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so, like, giving that up was actually really hard with small business because... You're used you're to trying to like control everything and have it all yeah. your way. And that's what got you there. So like, there's that anxiety of like, you know what? Like maybe these people I hired are smarter than me and I should follow them. Or mm-hmm. maybe these h- people I hired are dumber than me and I'm right. Mm-hmm. And this is what got everyone here. So let's do it my way. Yeah. It's a hard thing to balance. And that is those, that's like the little steps of like getting out of your comfort zone. It's like, it, it it's not like get out of your comfort zone, start a new business and hire a mm-hmm. employee today. It's like little, little, little things. Yeah. Like maybe just accepting someone's recipe on how they cook food <laughs> differently. Like that could step you out of your comfort zone and be like, man, I really like chickpeas now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like Yeah, and I, th- I, I think know. the perfectionist kind of thing is something that people struggle with a lot, especially in business and other things. Like for me, even starting this podcast, it was huge where I'm like, like that sounds like shit this sounds like shit every time i listen to one of when i re-listen and edit i'm like nope i don't like that i don't like mm-hmm. this re-record that and like trying to make everything so perfect at the end of the day like doesn't matter what you start doing it's always going to change mm-hmm. so like even if you think you've got it perfect right now in a year from whatever's perfect right now is going to be so much different that it's irrelevant it's like yeah. you just need to take that action and get stuff out there get moving and that's it just roll with it and as things change be cool with that and you know try new things and if it doesn't work it doesn't work like you know talk about that a lot too we're like okay try hiring someone Mm -hmm. what's the worst that's gonna happen you lose a couple grand and then you go back to where you are like who gives a shit yeah exactly and the actually it's always like what lucas and i've learned is like it's actually better to hire someone who might not like this is maybe people won't agree with this, but like hiring someone that might not be a perfect fit for Mm -hmm. the job is actually okay because Mm -hmm. there's like, they're learning this new job, but you're learning how to train this new position. Mm -hmm. And like, if you had an all-star and you had a a B-star player, like 
and you're the this is your first time doing it, like actually you might want to start with the B player mm-hmm. because you don't want to fuck up with the A game. You yeah. know, like it, it, it's like it's a test on both people's sides, right? Like it's a comfort zone of like, well, I'm 22. I've never really hired anyone. Yeah. So like, sh- what do I do? How do I do this right? Where like, you know, it actually wasn't really about the person. She didn't work out, but yeah. that has like. It was a positive experience all around because she got paid. I didn't lose too much money and I gained valuable experience. And Mm -hmm. now I'm going to do it properly next time way better. And properly doesn't mean perfect. It just means better. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, yeah. And that's a big part of it, too. Like, just be okay with being wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. that goes back to what we were just talking about, I guess. Yeah. Um, And, like, I'm, like, my, my dad is... Like, my dad is very, like, egotistical. Like, and I get all these things from you. Like, I think, like, it, it's heretical. Like, I get anxiety from my mm-hmm. dad. I get, um, my dad actually has, like, the skin condition. I have a little bit of the same skin conditions from mm-hmm. my dad. Like, I, I have things from my mom. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, you get all these things from your parents. And uh, one of the things I got was just being scared to be, like, wrong mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. And, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, it's totally okay. Yeah, yeah. And And, like... There's people who like won't accept when they're wrong. Like, oh they'll, yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, but like, yeah, like, and then they just shoot something back at you, and it's like, man, yeah, really? yeah, like, yeah. How about we just we're both wrong? Like, okay, yeah, like that's fine. Yeah, I mean, in the day, I mean, I think a lot of times there's no wrong or right. It's just your opinion. It's like it's what you believe, yeah. and like, I hate when people try and tell people what to believe, and I've had mm-hmm. that a lot, especially my with my recent dive into the health related stuff. I mean, there's so many things, right? And there's people who believe in the Western medical system and people believe in more holistic things Mm -hmm. like I do and like the drive going back and forth and there's people right in the middle who work with both and connect the two and like, and especially when you get into people's health, people get really passionate about it. I mean, like, you know, if you're talking about like a cell phone, I mean, I guess people are really passionate about those nowadays too, but, you know, usually your health is more (laughs) intense and people will tell you like, you know, me all the time, like, well, eat what you eat doesn't matter. Like, I can't believe you would believe that. Like, that's so stupid and shit like that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, like at the end of the day, if you don't believe it, that's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't care, but you don't, I don't know. I don't like bashing what other people believe and telling them what to believe. If they ask, I'm happy to share my opinion and let them, you know, take from it what they think is good and leave what they don't. And I mean, I think people have a really tough time with that. Everyone tries to, trying to tell you what to do or what's oh, right yeah, or whatever. They're right. This one, this source came from this. Yeah. Like, di- well, this is a really good source. And I think so a lot I of people know. are are really believable in like, they, they'll just believe anything they hear. Like they watch yeah. the news and they see all this dumb shit that like I don't watch or like stuff they see online. And it's like, for me, when I, like you got to research the research. When I'm doing mm. this health research, I see a, an article and I read the research article, yeah. then you then I research the research article to yeah. see where it came from, who put it together, what industries were in on it, all that kind of stuff. And like, you really do have to dive into that stuff and figure out what is true, what you actually believe. You can't just believe everything you hear right away. Yeah. Because well, a lot of people don't have much context behind anything. They say that they're right and you're wrong, but then when you really get into it, they don't really have much behind it. Yeah, and like we're in like the day and age of like headlines. Like everything <laughs> yeah. everything is five five words max because otherwise people don't give a shit. So yeah. it's like 
blah 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 blah. Oh wow, shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, like it, it's like it's straight up headline culture where like, and and honestly, like as most like schools, um, college is dropping, so less and less people know how to like read and produce mm-hmm. and uh, like make research papers and actually do like nice like thoughtful articles, mm-hmm. um, like with data and and yeah. actual sources and that is slowly like one they're like there's less of them two they're behind paywalls and mm-hmm. then three like these all of this all the money funding all these things is, is from the other side and yeah. not like trying to get political but w- even with food like mm-hmm. the people screaming dairy is great is just egg report the yeah, dairy yeah. Con- the dairy company it's all it's funded by the, the big players yeah, yeah. you know so it's like that you're in a world of headlines and misinformation so like and and the world of everyone's the expert so mm-hmm. it's um yeah, it's really it's really to tough that. to find good information and like how to make your own opinions and you know you've got to have your yeah. own your um, own sort of stuff in place for that allows you to believe what you believe and why it is yeah. and a lot of people don't really have that well you ask like these big like like you study these big people who are like very successful like a Kevin mm-hmm. Hart or like a like a Dwayne Johnson or something like that. Like they're very successful. Like anyone would just be like, yeah, that's a genuinely very successful person mm-hmm. in, in many different fa- faucets. Um, yeah. But like you ask these people and it's, it really comes down to their own principles. Like mm-hmm. th- they wake up every day and the reason why they don't have a shitty day is because they start their day reinforcing, you know, the mm-hmm. same thing as last day. Like mm-hmm. something I struggle with, same thing. Like yeah. I have a different mindset every day. So mm-hmm. like the only way you're going to enforce that is like literally writing it out on paper and like preaching it to yourself like a, like a Bible. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, these are my like, this is my my foundation. Like these are the things I follow, and like I'm gonna choose to believe everything based on these points. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you don't have those points, like you're gonna be swayed each time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Know? And like from a person with like SEO knowledge, like every top article on the top of Google, well, like so Google, it, it it's a game of search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're playing for keywords and keyword density, and like this is from a technical perspective, but then in the real world, what this results in is like all these top articles, all these, when you search like top 10 foods for good health, that it's not like actual information. It's all just like bullshit. It's just whoever knows the algorithms. Algorithms. Yeah. It's, you're basically buying, if you're, whatever you're searching, you're buying the person who's best at SEO. Exactly. You're not buying what's actually best. dumped much money in marketing to get up to the top, right? And now with Google ads and Facebook ads, your whole feed is filled with misinformation. And it's Mm -hmm. like, that actually like running like a consultancy or like a PR business has helped me in that way because like I can see all of this fake shit. Like Mm -hmm. it's all fake shit. Like every single person under 21 should probably like, just not be on Instagram. Like <laughs> you just shouldn't. It's not healthy. Like yeah. I've tried to limit my shit so much. Like mm-hmm. the problem is it's a double edged sword. Like y- like I just said this earlier to like one of my staff. Like you could go on Instagram and find your next wife, or you could go on Instagram and far more likely just waste an hour of your freaking time. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like it's a double edged blade and like Google, Facebook, anything like the same place you find these scholarly articles is the same place you hear Donald Trump just going crazy on yeah. shit. So it's like you really have to have those like foundational like this is what I believe mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and yeah. that's something I'm working on like actively. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah, hard it's as a business owner. Yeah, it takes constant work. Yeah. Um, 
And the, like the Instagram stuff's hard too, right? Because for me, like that's where I make my money. So if I'm yeah. not on there, well, what the fuck? Like, Same. I hate being on there personally, but business wise, that's where my money yeah. comes from. So how? Yep. I mean, it's just it's yeah, it's crazy trying to limit that, <laughs> and then like, yeah, I have six profiles to manage on Instagram, but yeah. I don't want to be on Instagram. Yeah, like, that's the thing. That's how I pay my bills, and it's fucked up. Like it's, it's and especially the other thing too. Like even with this podcast, we're sitting here talking, and we mm-hmm. want to put this out for people to listen to. And what are they going to listen to it through? Yeah. Instagram, social media, all that kind of stuff. So like, essentially, we're on here saying that it's shitty. But how else do you get people to hear about that's it? That so like, sword. Trying to like trying to find a way to like give a positive turn to that stuff would be nice. Um, but how do you? I don't know. It's yeah. gonna be a tough thing. Well, uh, like I, I think more sh- people like I think this is kind of obvious now. Like it, maybe if I said this like four years ago, it'd be more insightful. But like think of it as the new TV. Like what channels are you watching? Yeah. Are like are you you fully Discovery Channel learning about cheetahs or are you mm-hmm. like fully like watching Maury like this is just yeah. like what's because that's the new Maury is hood videos and complex and yeah, like yeah. funny shit on Instagram is like the new like just drama and bullshit negativity moves fast but like why don't you just learn like I love documentaries yeah and like you could definitely curate your Instagram feed to have mm-hmm. powerful things inspiring things and there's lots of pages like that um I just think it's, yeah, people get super sucked into all the other shit. Yeah, well, and, like, the problem is all these people are making money off selling the shit, and yeah. it's just, like, this whole, like, whirlpool toilet, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, like, it's not good. Yeah. Um, but I guess, like, I guess I would just really, like, want to enforce, like, this whole, like, because I, like, I talk about my brother with this a lot, and, like, I think the world, like, is really hard on mental health right now. Like, mm-hmm. really, like... Man, like, honestly, if you have less noise in your ears, I think you're going to be better. Mm-hmm. Like, people listening to this shit, like, I'm not an expert. Like, <laughs> anyone could go talk about anything, and that's the problem is, like, it's so accessible. Like, like you can listen to anybody talk about anything, mm-hmm. and, like, like, really, like, it's, it's a war zone. Like, protect your own thoughts. Yeah, because, yeah. Because, like... That's really what's mo- like. That's what's valuable is your own thoughts. Like we go into these businesses, and what makes us money is like us telling this business our thoughts about their business. Yeah, yeah, hilarious. yeah, yeah. And I think you need like having your own thoughts is really important, and that's something that I struggled with for a long time. Where, you know, I'd go out for dinner with someone who's like successful in my eyes, and they're talking. You know, you listen to what they're doing and things, and I'm like, fuck, like what the fuck am I doing? Like mm-hmm. I should be doing that. This guy's doing this, or like you yeah. hear other people and like but that's not what I wanted to do. Like if I wanted to do that, I'd be doing it. So like you've got to have your own thoughts and your own ideas and you know, you can take things from other people, but you can't follow what someone else is doing Mm -hmm. just because you see them as successful. Like you really got to, you've got like the reason our businesses have worked is because it's something we're passionate about Mm -hmm. and you want to put the hours in, you want to make it work. So you have to have that drive and that thing that you really like, that's your idea that you want to roll with. And just put the time in and make it work. Because yeah. I think, you know, trying to follow behind anybody else, I mean, it can work, but I think there's not, no. it doesn't have the drive. You're not, you don't have the same power behind it's it. It's all like from the wrong end. Yeah. Like, like, com- like I think like, I d- I'd like to hear your thoughts on this too, but like comparison as well. Like um, just self-comparison. Like 
like to other people, obviously. To other people, like comparing yourself to other people is probably one of the most harmful things you could do. Yeah, and it sucks because, I mean, you do it everywhere in life. I don't, you know. It's part of your, like, judgment. Like, sorry, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Because um, it's sometimes it's like if you don't compare yourself how do you differentiate yourself from other people or what other people mm-hmm. are doing and i mean i think because most people compare just like good or bad i guess like i mean you know better or worse or i'm better than that person or they're worse than me and not really doing it that like i kind of try and compare people more like interests values things like that because i want to hang out with people that are yeah. sort of in the same realm as me and like not think like just because someone's not you know we don't have the best conversations or we're not doing necessarily the same things doesn't mean they're worse than me mm-hmm. it just means that they like other things and they're on their own journey and like that's something that i've really been struggling with lately is like well not lately working on lately is everyone's on their own journey mm-hmm. and you can't you because know, a lot of times i would look at people it's like someone's not running their own business and they're just working a normal job i'm like fuck that idiot yeah like i'm not gonna talk to that person like he's a fucking loser he's working a job look at me like i'm doing this and then they'd sit down and i they'd be talking about their job and I'd be like, well, why the fuck don't you just start your own business or something? Like blah, blah, blah. And it's like, who gives a shit? Like Mm -hmm. I would spend so much time worrying about what other people are doing or comparing all that kind of shit. And it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, just being able to realize that people are on their own journey and let them do that. And, you know, you can still talk and be friends and do whatever it is. I mean, I spend a lot of time just kind of not, talking to people or letting relationships slip because of that. But there's obviously that fine line too, where like I don't party and drink and do that stuff. Like some of the people I used to hang out with. So like, again, it's like a double edged sword. Like you talked about before, like Mm -hmm. if you sit and hang around with all the same people forever, you're not going to get ahead. But there's also some people that are really good friends and, and things like that, that you can't just throw away because they work a normal job. Oh, exactly, and it's very, like, it's not good to, uh, it's conceited to not, like, to just think, like, to do that self-comparison and then and then determine you're better, yeah. and, and that is incredibly conceited because you're just cutting off, like, yeah. like, really, well, if your goal is to, like, succeed and, and have a great life, like, really, you're cutting off every single person you're surpassing, mm-hmm. and that's not healthy in itself because, yeah. like, what should I just go say I'm better than you because I've I've done like harder work for one year? Like mm-hmm. no, that's actually like, th- and it's uh, it's interesting because you took the self comparison, um, where the way like you're comparing yourself being better to others, mm-hmm. whereas like for me, well like, I do both, but yeah, yeah, you, there's the both sides of it, which mm-hmm. is interesting. Like the side I stay focused on and have troubles with is me comparing myself to be shittier than these mm-hmm. people I look up to. And that is like the, it's very harming. Mm-hmm. You, ca- you shouldn't be doing that. Like, like maybe you should be like, yeah, I want to like have a similar goal, but you should never be like doing the self comparison. And it's, it's funny. Cause I don't like, I think I'm actually good on the other side. Like the side of me, like I, I don't think I'm better than other people. And I think that's like what I got from growing up. Like I'm very like rounded, like my mom, like, she mm-hmm. doesn't have an income. My dad, like, I make more money than my dad in a single month. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, very grounding. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, there's this other side which I struggle with. And I think different people struggle with the different sides mm-hmm. of it. But I struggle with, like, I man, I look up all these people because I'm constantly trying to be better. Like, I look, like, sometimes I look up to you. I'm like, dude, like, that's sick. Like, you're just, like, 
you, you're like don't work as hard <laughs> as I do, you know. But like, it, there's all these like why that's not a fair comparison. Mm-hmm. You're much older than me. Like you've done different things. There's so many like no comparison is fair, and I think that's my point. I'm yeah. trying to drive home is it's not fair. And you're, you, you, the person you're not being fair to is yourself with it. Yeah, and I think it's also, like, the grass always looks green on the other side. Like, yeah, I've put, I worked for fucking, all I did was work for three years, didn't do anything, couldn't afford anything. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I had a house, but fuck, we pay all I did. All my money went to my house, my business, like, just getting by. Yeah. I wasn't doing anything. So, except working. And, and, you know, people forget about that. They see where you're at now, and like, man, like, guys got it easy blah 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 i'm like yeah. fuck like you weren't there four years ago when i didn't do anything but fucking work exactly and i think like i think i'm kind of like pretty 50 50 in the middle of like comparing like who i should be hanging out with and then also getting down on myself about people who are better than that i think you know are better than me or whatever but um recently i've really realized that, like going to some of the um to some of the mastermind like entrepreneur events that we go to is that a lot of the people that I look up to, they, everything's just better. You know, everything's happier than it seems that so you mm-hmm. see on Instagram and all these people are posting and there's, you know, people I know running $10 million businesses and I think they're living the dream and they're out traveling and doing these things. And then when I get there in person and I start explaining how I'm not really happy with my business anymore. I want to do something that's more meaningful and can help people and share my story. And, you know, I know so many people now with these cool stories and they're like, you know, everyone's in the same boat. They're all like, yeah, you know what? Honestly, like, fuck, I want something more meaning or my business isn't going that well. I'm hating it. And like, but I would, you would never know that by seeing just their Instagram. And like, people are looking up to these people that they actually have no idea what their lives are like. Yeah. And I think that's a really big problem. And I've really, like, kind of locked that in this year of, like, it's never what it seems. And, like, really being okay with that. And, like, it makes, you know, it's made me feel a lot better about everything that I'm doing. Because, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, even for me, it's, like, to someone who, like, you know, you're looking at where I'm at. Like, not having to work a lot and, and, you know, I'm making money and doing my thing, which is cool. But for me, I'm looking, like fuck, like, what the hell am I doing? I could be making this much money. What the fuck? So, like, you know, five years ago, I'm where I wanted to be, but I don't appreciate that because now I'm like, fuck, I should be making $100 million. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? So being able to find that spot, and again, it just comes down to, like, really being being okay with where you're at and being happy, like, every day. So and understanding that, your journey. Yeah. And it's always going to, you know, just being happy with what you have now doesn't matter what it is and... No, just actually living life and <laughs> enjoying yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, y- you got to, like, there's this whole, like, my brother is young and he thinks there's, like, um, he's younger. And there's he thinks there's this, like, end point. Or it's like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm going to become a professional football player or something, mm-hmm. professional rugby player, even maybe basketball kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, but you missed my question. Mm-hmm. Like, cool, you might eventually get there, but, like, your life. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole, like, transition point to getting there. Like, how are you actually, like, w- w- it's literally the journey. Like, these people are on different, everyone you see on Instagram, like, that picture is, like, a different part of the journey. And, like, it's fucked up because it could actually be from three years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's part of their journey. And, like, you need to realize that that's not 
their like outcome where they just got like it's not like they went through this water slide and they popped out in like Greece and they're like you know it's yeah. awesome like no like that's just where they are today and that's their journey mm-hmm. and like that um whether or not that's real or fake and like I think people understanding like their journey like literally mm-hmm. like it's about liking each day you know yeah and I think it's taking action towards something that you want to do every day if you want to be a professional football player rugby player there's nothing wrong with that but like do something you know if you like it like there's just a lot of people that say they want to do these things and then they don't really do anything. They just, like, expect that it's going to come to them. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'll just be that. Or they run through the hardest path, which is direct. Like yeah. They run directly to it, which is, like, maybe you should, um, mm-hmm. like, go be friends with your football coach. Yeah. Because that might get you a connection with mm-hmm. the scout, which might get you on your next team, which, mm-hmm. like, I don't know shit about anything yeah, about yeah. sports. But, like, maybe it's that. Like, maybe it's this weird roundabout, loopy, loopy way. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got to flank it from behind. Like, yeah, straight yeah. up. Like, and that's where I think enjoying your day comes from because you're not going to be successful in your, your mission to get somewhere if mm-hmm. you, like, give up third third way through, you know? So Yeah, I think that just comes back to, to like, thinking thinking your own way and thinking outside of the box and doing things like what makes sense to you, not everybody else, because that is what can get you there a lot of times too. You're not following the path of every other person who wants to be a professional football player. Mm. You're going out there and doing your own thing and maybe trying other things and whatever it is. And when you get there at the end, you're going to have a lot more than those other people do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess the takeaway from this is, while you're listening to this podcast, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. listen to this and take away, like, don't, like, don't actually take a point from it. Form your own point from it and save that. And then take that with you and, like, do that with everything in the world. Like, mm-hmm. go to the sushi restaurant and take your takeaway from it. Like, eat mm-hmm. the food, but then also, like, take a takeaway from it and, like, actually, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, build on it and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, Really just, like, I, I think enforcing people's, um, like, self-belief. Like, it's really hard to be self-confident. Like, mm-hmm. everybody's have everybody has their own little thing, like, that is not going to allow you to be self-confident. And I think literally everyone has that. But, mm-hmm. like, um, it's really powerful, you know, just yeah. be self-confident with your own thoughts and your mm-hmm. own mind. And then you can further take that and, and empower other people, I think. Yeah, if you can't be happy with yourself or see yourself doing the things, like how you, like, I mean, I did this public speaking course and one of the, um, one of the exercises after the three days, we did this exercise that you just take a piece of paper, tape it on everybody's back. And then you go around and you write like one or two words on that person's back, what you think about them. Mm. We've only known these people for three days. And I wasn't really thinking about what people were going to write on mine. I was just like, oh, whatever. Like, I don't know. I was just writing things in other people's and it didn't take very long, like 10 minutes. And then you sit down, you pull them off and you see what people write about you. Mm-hmm. And I was super surprised. Like when I pulled a piece of paper off and sitting there, I'm looking at it and they wrote things like leader, um, cool, um, walking your own path, like um, inspiring and all these things that like in my mind, I'd always dreamed of being, right? Like, those are the things everybody wants people to say about them and things that, you know, everyone dreams of, like, being a leader or being, like, you know, being cool. That's what every, like, what, I don't know. Like, that's what people want. And, you know, I I never had saw myself as that. You know, I always thought, you know, I'll be cool when I do this or I'll be a leader if I do that. 
And it, you, I never thought of myself as actually being that way. And it's now, like, with the podcast, wanting to start that, like, if I don't see myself as a leader or as cool, how is anybody else going to do that? How am I supposed to show up as a leader for other people yeah. if you don't see yourself like that? So I think you've really got to be able to have, you know, you've got to see yourself as what you want to be and, and yeah. do that and have the confidence to do that. That's that, like, reverse engineering aspect mm-hmm. of it, which it's like... Yeah, that's super important. And because you can reverse engineer, like, so people are like, how do you get self-confidence? Like, reverse engineer it. Like, mm-hmm. like it, w- it all starts with, like, literally dreaming it up in your mind and, like, all right, mm-hmm. like, like with our goal with the company is approaching Fortune 500 companies, which mm-hmm. is, it's a big, like, move. Like, that will take years and years and years, but that's how I approach my current clients is, like, the same way I'm going to do that with the, mm-hmm. with the bigger clients, you mm-hmm. know? So I think reverse engineering self-confidence which yeah like, i don't know which like obviously everybody struggles in different ways like yeah there, there's parts in my life circle like uh, if you view life as a pie like there's slices that i've just never touched mm-hmm. you know and that maybe will be touched in five ten years or something like that or maybe in five months depending on how life goes right yeah but like just taking the small little leaps of faith to test and grow out your mm-hmm. pie i guess yeah that's my weird analogy. For <laughs> Everyone at the office will tell you about my weird analogies, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just say the most random shit. Like, you can, you know, I say it's random. Yeah, they're shit. like, I don't know what the hell you're talking this about. This has been pretty toned, you know. Like, this <laughs> yeah. podcast has been pretty toned. So, what? Uh, speaking of toned, I'm more toned too. So, like, you know, looking at myself, like. Better haircut, more toned, and I'm happier. So if <laughs> anyone else is looking to uh, slide in the DMs, hit Shelby for my number. <laughs> I'm more toned. <laughs> well, to finish off, let's just, like, where's your business at now? I mean, like, you started, you know, you grew up, you moved out, you started, you had the web design stuff, and you kind of flew through that. But, like, where where are you guys at now, and kind of wh- what are your next steps Um over the next little bit here. So yeah, um, Fire PR is the business and it's gone through a bunch of different names and versions mm-hmm. and stemmed a bunch of different things. But Fire PR is, is our, it's really a consultancy. Like we, we focus on growing your business through PR related functions. And, and that includes like just general PR stuff, like, you know, what the public is thinking about your company. Mm-hmm. And then we also, you know, employ advertising and, and marketing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, just like every other business. So yeah. uh, Fire PR, like when you look at the nitty gritty, we're doing websites, Google ads, Facebook ads, you know, all the same stuff that's pushed in your face, you know, just everywhere, right? Yeah. Like, um, and we're doing that. Um, we've got a small office now. Um, we've got, we rec- we were at five staff members. Honestly, two days ago, we, fi- we fired one of our staff. <laughs> and then... Uh, Yesterday, I actually fired a client too, which was really interesting. Yeah. Um. So, like, imagine, like, I've known this, like, and that was, like, that's part of stepping out of your comfort zone is, like, man, I've known this client for four years. Mm-hmm. So, imagine telling someone you've known and worked with on a daily basis for four years just to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's hard. Like, yeah. I, and, like, it was hard with me and Lucas. Like, I got super, like, anxiety, like, and emotional with Lucas because I'm like, dude, like, like, yeah, this is our business, but um, I brought this client on. Like, I've been working and forming this relationship for four years, and now that 
this other thing I've built, Fire PR, our business, doesn't actually fit with this other thing I've built. And you know what? Like, it's really, really hard. And I had to do it. And I said, like, this one part of my life is bigger and better than this other part of my life, which mm-hmm. is uh, the client. So I had to tell that client to just straight up, do not text, call, or email me anymore. Mm-hmm. Please do not. Like, there will be no further negotiations and we will not communicate. And that was really hard. Um, yeah, I mean... Way more harder to fire a client than an employee, I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> when you realize you've outgrown that. But I think it's a really good place to be, like, especially for me in business, when you really get to choose your clients now. You're not having to just... Oh, yeah, that that ta- feels good. Take people and you can, you know, sometimes it sucks because you build those relationships. But then, I mean, I've the past year, that's all I've done is, you know, since we eliminated working in the shop, only doing production and selling parts... I had to eliminate every single customer that wanted physical work done on their vehicle. Yeah. So it's like, and how can you just like, like you've built this thing yourself (laughs) and like people are like coming and they're like, Hey, like I will pay you money for anything. Yeah. You're just like, no, no. Yeah. And it's weird. You don't want your money. And they don't get it. And some of them get mad and they're like, what do you mean you don't want my money? You mean to pay? And I'm like, sorry, man, that's just not what we do anymore. Like, you know, if you want to buy parts, you can have all the parts you want, but unfortunately we just don't do that. Yeah. Which like, so that's been really hard, like, and I think for you too, like, because you you built a business you like, and now life has just changed, mm-hmm. right? And you you like it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Still, it's your baby, but like, you know, it things have changed, mm-hmm. um, and that's really hard because one day I'm gonna have to fire all my clients. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, clients, but yeah, like, yeah. don't listen to this. Uh, if you listen to this and and remind me, I won't fire you, but like <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a deal, grandfather you in. But yeah. Like, yeah, like that's the whole part of growth is like you have to cut things off, and I think that is really, really mm-hmm. hard. Like it's just always taking that next leap. Yeah, and that's the comfort levels. Mm-hmm. So yeah, step out. So now you're, yeah. So you guys are. So what's the next kind of steps with the business? Next steps. Um, well, we we've got an incredible partnership. So we've partnered with um, one of the top. Um, Let's just, I got to keep it like a little bit <laughs> closed. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. Well, like uh, we partnered with one of the top uh, medical suppliers in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. It's an $18 billion company. We partnered with one of their top sales reps in, in BC here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're going to do is start leveraging that relationship to bring on uh, clients in a specific space. So mm-hmm. we want to um, like... We've got four employees now, and we've really been building our systems. Like, we need probably one more employee ab- immediately. Like, mm-hmm. if you're a copywriter, let me know. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, we need um, just to keep, like, w- what we've been focusing is on, on, on is our systems. And, mm-hmm. and we've got, like, I'll go toe-to-toe with any business my size for mm-hmm. systems. Like, do we yeah, got yeah. the best systems? Like yeah. It's sick. Like I have my, my phone texts me in the morning, like asking me how my day was. It's the best system, you know? Yeah. I got so many, we've got so many systems and that's what we've been focusing on this whole year is like really like our, our product market placement was good. So like what that means is like our product fit the market really well. Like our, if we go talk to uh, customers about our product, um, they're usually receptive. Like we don't lose a lot of um, meetings. Mm-hmm. Like we've lost meetings. Like I've gone and d- give people free value and and not got their business. But for the most part, we we usually close business when we we go meet them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the product market fits good. Um, like next, we're just really working on our systems and getting the delivery of like the work really good. Like right now, 
it's well because we're a brand new small business we're struggling to get like output as fast enough mm-hmm. like people are at my door with money in their mm-hmm. hand and i just can't we can't do it fast enough yeah, like yeah. can't do the work fast enough and and these p- clients get mad right like i just i've given you thousands of dollars where's my shit and mm-hmm. it's like well <laughs> shit oh, yeah, yeah busy man like literally mm-hmm. so um what we're trying to do is perfect that process, build our systems, cut a lot of the bloat, which includes cutting shitty clients. Like mm-hmm. the one client didn't fit for us, so we cut mm-hmm. that out. We're trying to focus and really drive down what we want, um, and that's what's coming next with the business. Um, really, like, yeah, like the product market fits good. Um, our systems are good, and we've lucked out with some really good talent at the at the, at the start. Like we've got a solid web developer got a solid graphic designer so um we do need a really solid copywriter and mm-hmm. and with lucas and i's kind of full stack traits mm-hmm. um we'll we can kind of service everything more or less with that mm-hmm. like we do contract out for photographers and videographers and stuff like that but yeah um what's next is basically just um really ironing out mm-hmm. um, like like making this whole next year is about finding what clients are going to work best mm-hmm. for us and, and kind of reiterating that until it's perfect. Like, yeah. Um, we've had so much luck in just like, really, you're not going to like start, you're not just going to like start like January 1st and be like, I'm starting a new business. And like, you, you're not going to just be able to like start and go get like the real way people start businesses is like, say you like, fixing cars Mm -hmm. you know that's you start with this little hobby you know you like fixing cars and then eventually your neighbor's like yeah i need my oil changed at Mm -hmm. the same time so then you fix their car do the oil change and then like now her brother needs that and Mm -hmm. now your your girlfriend needs her car fixed Mm -hmm. right and you start like oh you're like oh i can make money off this yeah and that's how you really start a business is like through like just like what you like Mm -hmm. there's too many people this is the whole instagram headline culture where it's like start a business now make this much money Mm -hmm. by then and that's all bullshit like you're never ever ever gonna do that like you're not like even if you have a hundred thousand dollar loan from the bank it's gonna be really hard to just start a business flat like mm-hmm. just start running it's yeah, impossible yeah. pretty much so like grand doesn't even go that far 100 grand no can't go anywhere so like man like really starting a business is finding what you like and then trying to leverage that mm-hmm. into like an actual thing and that's what lucas was a uh, was freelancing i was freelancing and with that we lever lucas leveraged his actual um job turned mm-hmm. his his salary job into a salary client for mm-hmm. our business and now that relationship plus all the relationships i had for freelance is enough to actually be a stable business mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it was really like taking two things maybe three things putting them all together and that is what formed the business it wasn't just this thing that formed right? yeah yeah so um that's yeah. like what I would say. Yeah. So now you're going to start just trying to build, you know, get all the systems in place, which you've pretty much done and yeah. try and build that perfect clientele and yeah, and let it roll. That was like the fun part, man. Life is so fun because like today we're just focusing on logo and branding development for mm-hmm. our own company. Like mm-hmm. this is so fun. Like literally you're just like sitting there dreaming up what <laughs> yeah. you want, right? Like it's you awesome. Building out what everybody's going to see. But I think a lot of people start with that. Like right now we're, making our logo you know what 
we needed a logo 18 months ago, mm-hmm. but we're doing it now because for the past 18 months, we've been servicing clients without a logo. Mm-hmm. And like many people will just be like, I'm making an agency. I need a name. I need a logo. I need, you know, this, I need mm-hmm. a website. Like no agency brings in work through their website. Like, yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. Like yeah. if you actually knew how to like do marketing and you were in the space and you were into it, you'd realize that all these fancy agency marketing websites, like it's not what is bringing in. Yeah. Clients. Yeah. Not what's bringing in the clients, like really, like uh, focus yeah. on what brings in, like focus on what brings money, like mm-hmm. and, and maybe like not in life but in business, focus mm-hmm. on money, like like yeah. definitely focus on money. Like, well, you um, I mean, the problem is like you don't have a business that's successful if you're not making money. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> really, just trying to do so like just trying to do something good bills, with it, yeah. right? Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah, business is awesome. Like we are, man. If we can continue to grow at the same pace, like. Mm-hmm. like as we and and be in the same place next year like man that would be absolutely phenomenal like we would mm-hmm. have a real office a real staff like mm-hmm. i'd be able to like um pay people way better yeah I'd be able to give like real stuff like i, I want to like help people i'll give them like um like like health benefits yeah and stuff. yeah like actually have real um company trips and mm-hmm. stuff like that and like that's build a culture build a culture because like I don't want to work in a place like I don't want to just leave my office or not want to go to my office mm-hmm. because I, I don't like those people. Like I want to go there and like those people. And that's why I think what we're doing is so awesome because mm-hmm. eventually my whole life is just going to be encapsulated in this whole business, which is something Jeff Bezos has actually put out there recently a lot. Um, uh, the concept of uh, work-life circle mm-hmm. not work-life balance the work-life circle which means like and that's how you live too like mm-hmm. maybe you start off with breakfast and then you do some like two hours of work and then you go do something with your friend and then maybe mm-hmm. you go to the gym and then you come back late at night and do work um like that's th- the way bezos jeff bezos from amazon explains it is like yes he's like the world's most rich person biggest business blah blah but like the dude spends an hour or two every day in the morning time with his uh with his kids and his wife Mm -hmm. and that's like the work-life circle so like for me it's like my whole life is we live on the circle my life is a circle i want like work and life to be completely together Mm -hmm. like like mended together and because like i'm not like i don't need friends if all my employees are friends mm-hmm. like why don't we just all go biking like that's <laughs> sick like you know yeah like, yeah so i think that's gonna because you're tr- you're trying to build that group of like-minded people and everyone's yeah. on the same sort of page and yeah then you can do that it'd be so sick <laughs> yeah. life so is awesome so that's the dream now yeah the next goals which yeah like honestly like it, the trouble i'm having now is um it's kind of like you like i um I'm not so in love with websites anymore. Yeah. You know, like I could code a pretty good website. But mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like you I don't even have a website for myself. Cause like, I don't want to do that. It would not you're be just fun. into, well, you're more into the bigger picture now. Yeah. And it's so fun, but yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. I'm excited to see where all that goes for you guys in the next couple of years. And it's really cool to see where you came from and where you are now and all the stuff that you've kind of been through. And I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's really awesome that, you know, that you made it through all that stuff and you're able to do all these things and it'd be inspiring for other people who want to yeah. do that and 
Okay. Get out there and take a chance and make things happen and build that life for themselves that they wanted, whether they could, you know, had it when they were younger or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, man, thank you. So thanks for coming on, and yeah. hopefully we'll do another one in the near future. Oh, we're gonna do one every year. <laughs> every year we'll do we'll a, do a yearly catch up. up. Yeah, exactly. awesome. Okay, um, you got any final words? No, just thank you. This is pretty inspiring for me too. Cause like, it's helpful for, um, like, even if you're not on a podcast, like mm-hmm. go write your fucking life on a piece of paper. That's like, you know, like this has been helpful because I can recollect all those things and mm-hmm. kind of put it back into order. So that's been really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. So thanks for, yeah. And like, also I don't think a lot of people get the opportunity to talk, like going back to my grandma, I was raised, um, to just be like, only spoke when you're, only speak when you're spoken to mm-hmm. and, and be very polite please thank you and that's it mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah, thanks for yeah giving the ability to talk yeah yeah well that's the idea get a platform for people to come on and express yeah. themselves and say you know share their lives and experiences and in the hopes of helping others in the same positions and things so yeah awesome well, yeah i appreciate coming out and we'll talk you, soon man. love you <laughs> love you <laughs> signing off